Father, we, uh, we thank you for this um, opportunity. We thank you for this platform you've given us here on E6 Podcast mm-hmm. to um, just facilitate conversation, to share what you are showing us, Lord. We pray that the hearts of people would be open, that our hearts would be open to transforming the way that we think, that our minds would be restored, renewed, that our minds would shift into more Christ-likeness as we pursue you, Lord. In community, in conversation, in what we read in Scripture, in uh, the people that you've placed around us, Lord, that you would just infuse your grace and your peace, that you would infuse um, to the hearts of people uh, your willingness, Lord, to receive and be receptive. And again, we just uh, we thank you. We humble ourselves. We thank you for the opportunity just to facilitate this. We Our prayer is that this is an opportunity and a highlight maybe for people's week as they engage in the spiritual disciplines you have them on. So Lord, as we uh, go into this conversation today, we, we ask that you would just bless this, that you would let it be of you and honoring to you and honoring to those who hear it, Lord. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It is episode number 12. My name is Brooke. I'm one of the pastors here at Colonial. I got a couple other people with me here. Lauren Jones. Lauren Jones. One of the pastors here one at Colonial. One of the pastors. Excited to be here. I like it. Hey, I am back. It's Tanner. Tanner's here. Hey. Hey, Tanner. How was, uh, how was spring break, guys? Oh, man. <laughs> that you, can, you can be real, That's Tanner. a big bummer. You've like, already okay. alluded to yeah, it. Yeah, wasn't yeah. the mm. best spring break It was not. For you. Man, okay. I saw our, our kids, both are young. So we have a six-month-old now mm-hmm. uh, boy, and we have a... Chris, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Emerson. <laughs> Chris, I think, yeah. What just happened? I was, I was kidding. Chris, right? right? That's a kid? What kid is uh, six We really are old. friends with each other. <laughs> sure. You have uh, three kids? Yeah, three. That was like so, yeah. two. So six-month-old Emerson and uh, three-year-old Easton. And dude, they came came up with a stomach bug uh, like Eesh. Saturday night. That's the worst. Before we were going to leave on Sunday. Can't do anything about it. it was, yeah, it was nothing. And so we did church. Uh, they stayed home. And we were going to leave that afternoon, but it just wasn't in the cards. And then I got it Sunday night. So we pushed back to try and leave Monday morning. And then we ended up kind of postponing our leave time for later Monday. And then we just, we it was supposed to be awesome to go. We went to St. Louis to see my brother. My yep. brother moved there. And they just had um, a baby named Grace. And she is beautiful. And she is totally mine and not theirs. Um <laughs> But, like, we were going to just go hang out with them. And we didn't get to even see them until, like, Wednesday because oh, we were just man. all sick. We got to spend, like, a half a day with them and then turn around and come home. It just didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. But yeah. it was a cool little family trip. Um, and we tried to make the most of it. But, like, we just – it's not fun when you're sick, and especially yeah. when you're away. No doubt. You know, we stayed in a hotel room, had some really good, cool friends help us out with some hotel rooms so that we could just not get baby Grace sick. Yeah, but, right. Dude, it just – kind of a bummer. But um, – Time off is always good, uh, no matter how you get it. Um, but 
<clears throat> yeah, it just didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. That's I hate to uh, follow up with <laughs> oh, <fantastic> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ours was marvelous. Uh, <clears throat> we we miss skiing. You know, being in Colorado for a bunch of years. I grew up skiing, uh, and yep. I. I kind of regret introducing skiing to my kids because it's probably the most expensive it's so thing bad. you Dude, can it's do. It's so expensive. I thought the same thing. But I just love it so much. And so <laughs> when we lived in Colorado, I did teach each of my girls to ski. And so uh, we didn't get to go last year. Uh, two years ago, we got to go out to Colorado and ski for a few days. We went to New Mexico last week, uh, much closer, Red River uh, was the name of the town. If you've ever been out there, we've been there in the summer before. Yeah, Be- I was say, I, we've been there in the summer. Area. It's really yeah. nice, yeah. Yeah, and I love how close it is. It's straight shot. It's seven and a half hour drive. Yeah. So with my kids in a minivan, it was like eleven. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds awful, <laughs> but it really was fun. And we just skied for two days. We tried to keep it minimal and a little more affordable. Um, got to go with the Ashcraft family. Cool. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's Chad's cool. one of our elders, and uh, his wife and three daughters. So it was me, Chad. And a bunch of a females of on the mountain, <laughs> and uh, it was really fun. We had a good, we had a really good trip. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Brooke, did you guys go? Yeah, we um, we had some plans, and then my wife ended up with COVID, and uh-huh. so then she ended up with pneumonia following that. And uh-huh. they told her, "Yeah, you're you're what they call a COVID long hauler." So that's super fun. <sighs> Is that an actual thing now? I mean, a COVID. That's long what the doctors. Hauler. That's what the doctors are calling them. Oh and, dear God! Don't let yeah, anybody else be called that. that well, sounds awful. Seriously. Well, the good news is that the, it doesn't change like the the uh, the contagious part of the disease, just that or the virus, just that she's gonna deal with symptoms for a while. And so, so then we we started to we were like, well, maybe we shouldn't do this. We should just stay home. You can be in, you know, she can stay in our house and be comfortable and all that. And then the Airbnb didn't want to give us any of our money back. So we said, uh, well, I guess we're gonna go. So uh, my my parents came with us and we took the kids. We took a trip to Austin and a couple of surrounding. We stopped in Waco and went to the zoo and and uh, and then we went down to San Antonio and walked around the Riverwalk and saw the Alamo and things like that. And I think that it's we, we may have shot ourselves in the foot because we didn't do like uh, we didn't do like big stuff. We did right. like normal things. It's like yeah, we just went to the park or we went on a hike. Right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like yeah, these are great. And and like halfway through the week, multiples of my kids were like, hey, so are we going to move here? Can we just move? Oh to yes, <laughs> like right. Because yeah. we didn't do anything like that. Like felt like okay, <laughs> we're only going to do this occasionally. Right. Like, yeah. This yeah. is only like a once every couple of years. It's not a cruise or uh-huh. you know we went to the water park or something crazy. We went hiking and we went to. You know, we went to the park and played gate. We played dominoes, right. and, you know, and so now they're all like realizing that it's nice to have parks nearby that you know are awesome and spacious and gated and yeah, you know. So yeah, we we had fun. We had well, how's how's Kara Kay the whole time? She, uh, she had she had good days and bad days, yeah. and um, she made it through, and we made it home. And uh, I text my I text my parents as we were on the way home because ours was only like a four and a half hour drive, right? Not the not the seven hour drive to Red right, River. Right. It was only a four yeah. and a half hour drive. But with my children, I think we stopped at least four times oh in that goodness. in that four hours to go Whoa. to the bathroom, not counting food and dinner and and you right. know and gas and mm-hmm. things that we actually had to have. And uh, and so it was. I mean, we left at like I think we left at nine thirty in Austin. With the intention of staying at a park, we, we were at a park for like an hour and a half, and we didn't get home until about eight o'clock that night. Yeah, like it was all day, mm. all day. And so I'm like, literally, I'm we we were I'm I'm sitting in the car waiting on my children to go to the bathroom and come back to the car because you know it's only been thirty minutes since we stopped. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I don't have to go to the bathroom. Like, uh-huh. I'm just gonna sit here, I guess. And so I text my dad, and I was like, when we did these things growing up, were you guys just like? 
exhausted <laughs> and wiped uh-huh. out by the time we got home, and he was like, absolutely. absolutely. I was like, thank you. Yeah. I just needed, the, I just I just needed, needed that. the verification. Yeah. <laughs> I, needed, I needed some affirmation that I'm not crazy. <laughs> uh, I appreciate bad. so much more my parents, what they went through. I know. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's like, okay, wow, you guys did put up a lot. I, put I, up with a lot. For I it, feel like know? an exhausted... Uh, ATM machine. <laughs> exactly. It's like, <laughs> hey, and then and then we can go to the store and we can get this. Hey, can we go get ice cream? It's like you literally just had ice cream. Why do we need ice cream again? You just had churros. So you had churros and you, literally at one point we had churros and a snow cone in either hand. It's amazing. And, they, and it's like on the way back they're like, can we stop and get ice cream? It's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, so I, I totally, I totally feel for my parents and. And I don't. And it, yeah, it's bad, you know. But I wasn't the kid that had to stop all the time. That was my little brother. Uh, mm. Shout out to Tate. I love you. Uh, but we had to stop <laughs> at the bathroom all the time for you. Yep, it was good times. So, awesome. oh, spring break. Well, March Madness is upon us, Whoa. and it seems like everyone is losing. The Big Twelve was awesome on de- on, uh, on on week on oh, not week I just, one. On, I just uh, gotta say this round uh, one. The Longhorns lost, which is amazingly <laughs> wonderful. And my Baylor Bears are in the Sweet Sixteen as they should be. I am. You know what? I can't even think straight. I'm a little excited. You're excited until yeah. we face Gonzaga. Maybe. Who my Sooners have to play today? Oh, please! You know what? I, it would be pretty awesome if we I could think pull that OU off might keep it within twenty. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see. I would love for OU to pull that upset. That would be amazing. I'm rooting for the Sooners. Yeah, These are always the crazy tournaments when it's like everybody loses, like all the big names lose, and then it's like when you get to the Final Four, and the Final Four is made up of like. A two and a five and a thirteen and a six and it's like, uh-huh. oh, nobody cares anymore. Like except for those schools, like no one is watching anymore because it's not it's not yeah, like the people you're going to watch yeah, on yeah, Sun, yeah, yeah. you know, right. on, on on the NBA in the NBA next. Yeah, and, I, it's my favorite sporting event of the entire. I know it's year. fun. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, um, I I wanted to give you a shout-out, Lauren. I spent part of my time in the car (laughs) over spring break listening to um, a book you recommended, Tattoos on the Heart. Oh, yeah? What would you think? By, uh, what's his name, Greg Boyle? Greg Boyle, yes, Father Father Greg, Uh, Jesuit priest. The the Power of Boundless Compassion. It is an awesome book. Yes. But I would say this, you should listen to it. Not read it. it you did, should. Did Father oh, Greg it's so read much it better. himself? Yes. Oh, he yes. reads it and he tells the stories like it is. Like it is so humanizing. And he keeps the color in it. Like yes. He, like it's a pretty raw. It's, it has. It, yeah. Well, you I mean, can't do ministry with <laughs> gang-infested <laughs> L.A. and not have and, words. Yeah. There's. There's. That some, we don't repeat on this podcast. It is rated R on purpose for sure. It was awesome. If you have not read oh, it, I'm so glad to you hear should that you totally enjoyed it. Listen to it. It was really good and. I mean, it's it's he lives a different he lives a different life than we do. He's in a different type of church than we are, and it was, I mean, it was. It, I just love I love things that are humanizing like that. That uh, you know, the people that we that we push out to the to the to the margins Ooh. or that we dehumanize because yes. of the you know the lifestyle they've chosen, being in a gang or things like that. Right. And then for him, the way he just showed um, repeatedly throughout the book, like they're kids. They yeah. don't have, you know, the things that they were missing out on, the things that they wanted in life. That, I mean, he uses a uh, an example of one point that talking about a girl who was, I think she was like 14, and she was like, ah, I just want to have a baby before I die, because she had no expectation of living past 18. Mm. And it's just oh. like, the, the, I mean, it was just so humanizing, and it was so great, and it's hilarious. The stories that he tells throughout yes, the right? book, the way he I tells... I laughed out loud oh multiple times. I know, but I that's what I'm saying. I still haven't finished it, like, by the way. I'm like... 
right at two thirds of the way through. It's so it's good. You totally have to finish it, but sweet. But you should listen to it. So one more time, tattoos on the heart. Tattoos on the heart by Greg Boyle. It was on the 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 bestseller. I think it was New York Times bestseller list in like 2010. I say it's an older. I assume it was an older book. So good. Check it out. Check it out. It was great. I just wanted to throw that in there. I think you talked about it a couple a couple podcast episodes ago, and and uh, I took some time while I was sitting in the car waiting on my kids to get out of the bathroom and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and listen to it. So, uh, yeah, Tanner. So yesterday, yeah, um, our, our our listeners don't get the don't get the benefit of being in our all team huddle um, like like your like your team does. And uh, most of us that are on stage, and me when I'm not <laughs> running around trying to figure out why something's not working, um, which was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and so I missed this. But you were talking about... Well, kinda... real, back, let me interrupt. Sorry. So for anybody who has no idea what you're talking about, yes. all-team huddle. This is, right. this is kind of a behind-the-scenes circle up. Usually it's anywhere from 8 to 15 people. Yeah. Everybody who's playing drums, operating a camera. Yeah, if you're going to be on um, stage or make it happen pre- in some way. Preaching, pushing buttons on a computer behind the scenes, anything like that. They're all in the in what we call the green room. Yeah. Um, probably could have a more fun name, but it's it's this, You, I like the space you've created. And it's, it's not green at all. Living room feel. Mm-hmm. And typically you, Tanner, as our worship pastor, just prep the team for, hey, here's what we're doing today. Let's walk through it. Let's pray together. That's what this is. All yeah. team huddle. It's just kind of that behind the scenes yeah. locker room moment. Yeah, yeah. But even even more than that, it's a chance to be on the same page and yeah. to pray through things and uh, just a chance to talk through the team. You know, talk through things with the team right. rather than just going through the bullet points. That if I was leading it, we would be like, all right, so this is the first thing, and then the next thing, and then the <laughs> next thing, and the next thing, and then okay, we're done. Let's go. Sure. So yesterday, you guys were talking about, uh, and I'm I'm hearing this um, secondhand because I missed it. Um, yeah. I heard from one person that it was awesome. Um, nobody else told me that. Uh, I also didn't yeah. talk to anybody else, just but, one but just, the, just the one person. Um, I will affirm, I was there, and it was really good. You were the one person. So, oh, uh, it's just one, then. It's just one. <laughs> so tell, t- talk to me, tell me, fill me in. What, what did I miss? Um, our, our, for our listeners here, uh, you were talking about tension, the church moving forward. Yeah. Like, what, what did we miss out on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we just talked about, like, you know, um, talking about like rebuilding, like kind of what the pandemic broke, you know, like this idea that um, coming back to church is much more of a decision than s- to not go, like stopping being mm. able to go to church, you know? And so I just kind of was sharing, I, I just feel like God's teaching me this right now. I think uh, for a lot of reasons, all I think, I, th- I think all the right reasons I've been really cautious and and kind of um, I don't know. Uh, you have un- been on the more cautious end, as we as a team have yeah. talked about the pandemic and how do we meet our people where they are and what do we do programmatically. Right. You definitely, I'll affirm that you've been as a dad, as as someone who lost your grandfather recently to right. COVID. You've you've been on the more cautious. End. Yeah, I think I think I just uh, I've I've kind of operated in that in, in in light of the pandemic. I think there's a lot of people that. Uh, in our community that have been operating that way. But I also think we've taken our spiritual um, growth um, and we've kind of looked at it through the lens of uh, cautious, caution. Um, so I, I was just sharing with the team yesterday, like um, I just feel like God's teaching me like um, that we have to, it's going to be a choice, Right. 
when we shut down the pandemic, uh, when we shut down church because of the pandemic, uh, it was a very clear decision. Like it was almost handed to us. Yeah, basically. One, one year ago, by the way. Yeah, one like year ago. a little ago. surreal yeah. in that I remember it was the spring break that never ended. That did not end. Yep. Right. Isn't that, Absolutely. Isn't that little surreal so weird. One year ago. But you're right. It was crystal clear. Yeah. We kind of didn't have a did choice. I, I I remember thinking, well, if we shut down, what if these other churches continue? Are we doing it wrong? And then, of course, you find out pretty quickly, no. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And it was almost like overnight because one week we were totally oblivious to this thing called COVID-19. The next week we had half of the people here. The following week we shut down, you know, and it's just uh, so weird. So it was like a very clear this is what we're doing. Uh, and everybody was doing that everywhere. Uh, restaurants, uh, activity centers, all these different things, all shutting down. Concerts stopped, all that stuff. But as we have moved forward and progressed through the pandemic, vaccines coming out, people people being a little more, uh, I don't know, ready to be over it, if, that, if I can say it that way. Um, we have just eased back into societal norms, like some things that we typically would do, particularly in the ways that we view our church, um, the way that Western Western culture views church. Um, it's very much, we are energized by showing up on a Sunday, singing songs together. There's, there's energy in the room, all these different things. And so I was really uh, trying to pose a question to our team, like what for you personally has the pandemic, um, like where personally has the pandemic impacted you? Uh, not necessarily yeah. financially, not necessarily in loss, but in in your walk with Jesus. Spiritually, where has that? Like, where are some things you've just gone? You know, uh, COVID, and that's the that's the easy answer. I'm not going to be there because of COVID, or I'm not going to do this because of COVID. We changed the the groups that we hung out with. We we stopped engaging in some community groups. We we've, we've stopped doing some of that stuff, and so I just feel like God is. He's showing me right now, specifically with the caution that I have, and I'm not saying throw caution out the window uh, for sure, because um, I won't. But I think it's going to be a choice for us to come back, for us to engage. And the story kind of shared was Nehemiah, the story of Nehemiah, where the walls of Jerusalem had been attacked and broken down, and the city was just kind of left very vulnerable. Uh, so back in those days, you had these huge, elaborate structures, these walls that were built around cities, and a lot of that was for protection. But we miss a little bit about, a lot of that was identity too. Like when you would be gone away, you know, think about like we just went on a trip. When we're coming back into Wichita Falls, this thought process of, okay, we're, we're back home. Um, when people would approach these cities with these huge walls, this is what would happen. They would get some identity from being, you know, uh, in these cities, right? And so this idea is um, it took like 500 years just to be rebuild the temple, like the place of worship. And God calls upon Nehemiah, who was the um, kind of the taster of the king. He's the, he's the one that drinks the wine, that tastes the food, and the idea is that if something's poison or something somebody's trying to attack the king, this guy dies, not the king, right? right? But because of that, he's in incredible proximity to royalty. He's living it up in the palace. He has whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Um, and God kind of calls him, you need to go back and rebuild these walls. And it wasn't a conviction of... Uh, wasn't really a conviction of 
protect the city. The city needs to be protected. It was a it was a it was a conviction of worship and identity is under attack. Mm. We have got to restore our worship and our identity as Christ followers. And I think in this in this pandemic, a lot of the ways that we identified ourselves as Christ followers, a lot of the idea or the ways that we lived out worship um, have just fallen off the wayside. I know for me personally, I'll, I'll take it to us, uh, I'll take it to the Hodges home. We are a little more forgiving when we go into a restaurant, like we're a little less cautious, right? We go into a restaurant and eat, uh, or we go to the grocery store, or we do all these different things. We're still wearing a mask. We're not trying to get close to people. But when it comes to church, we have this mindset of, well, I'm not going to go with COVID. And I'm just reminded right now, I'm reminded in a season that um, this is going to be a decision. And, 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 and the pandemic widely has attacked worship and identity. Not, 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 I'm from a state of protection, and it's not, it's not even, I shared this with the team, I'm not talking like get people back into colonial church so that we can build colonial church and be big, bigger and better so that we can sure up finances. That's not what I'm talking about. Those are benefits of some of those things, but the church in general, us as people of God, like we have lost a little bit of our identity in what it looks like to be followers of Jesus and to worship Jesus. And so um, that's kind of what God's teaching me in the light of the story of Nehemiah. It's, it's time to build back. It's time to build back better. It's time to... Like I really feel this, even even against my caution, um, I feel like it is time for us to declare we have got to reestablish our identity and worship of Jesus. If that means rebuilding, um, if that means putting together some of the pieces and um, that has broken down, then let's do that. Let's get back to church and let's get back to spiritual disciplines and spiritual growth. Um, and and pursue Jesus. That's kind of where. I appreciate you sharing that again now. Uh, I remember being in the all-team huddle yesterday morning. Just, you know, my brain was focused on preaching and being with all of our people, and yet I thought that was a word from the Lord. Um, I am stepping into a meeting this afternoon with our leadership team, which um, I'll remind our colonial folks, that's our our executive pastor, Ron Downing, our spiritual formation pastor, Jordan White, and myself, um, and the three of us, uh, along with our elders, uh, you know, are, are making some of those bigger, uh, sometimes more difficult decisions. For sure. And I think you hit it on the head. This has got to be the top priority for us talking about right now is where do, where do we find that, I wouldn't call it balance, where do we find God's direction specifically for our church on this continuum of caution on one end and, and patience and deliberateness. And on the other end, God wants us to be together. He created us for community. He created us to spur each other on toward love and good deeds. He created us to worship corporately as well as individually. And it's both. And so um, I don't want to be passive. Yeah. I don't want to wait too long. Uh, I, I think something you said resonated with me very tangibly is there was a very clear stop yeah. a year ago. And the 
the re-entry of normalcy, whatever, even if it's a different normal, right? but the re-entry of actually being together often, being the church, a movement of God's people that assemble, that come together sporadically, when do we start that again in full force? I don't think there is going to be a clear, oh, it's, it's Easter. Right or it's you know you know it's June first yeah or it's when the it's when school starts I remember last June going well maybe when school starts right yeah. that was months ago you know and yeah. so I just I vacillate I would I would ask all of our listeners pray for our church pray for the church of the city of Wichita Falls if for any reason you're in a different community pray for your church for for leadership to have wisdom to really hear from the Lord on on how to navigate. Um, Really calling the church back together. Yeah. When, how, all those questions are on the table. And I would, and I would say, I would say this to you, like, uh, I, I, like you said, you're, you're going into the meeting with ELT, uh, Ron, uh, Jordan, and you, um, and I am incredibly grateful. Uh, one, I'm incredibly thankful that I don't have to make this call. <laughs> you know, I don't have to. You just I, get to give us. Your I just opinion, get to say too. very, right. very, aggressively <laughs> very aggressively share, very aggressively share. And and to uh, to Jordan and Ron and to you, to your credit, like you guys just receive you receive the heart of of us um, as pastors, as staff. Um, really, really well, and I'm grateful for their leadership and and um, where they're taking us. I love that. Um, you know, in worship school, we talk about like celebrating each individual voice mm-hmm. that God has gifted us with, mm-hmm. and it's designed for the community that we're serving in. And I love how there's uh, the three of you together represent such a different voice, um, at times very similar, but at times very, very different. And I think it makes a well-rounded leadership team. And uh, I'm just grateful for how you guys have been really intentional trying to lead us through this pandemic, mm. helping us make decisions wisely. Um, I'm grateful for Ron and Jordan and you. Um, and just, again, your openness, your willingness to hear from us. Um, so Sorry to go that way. but No, I appreciate that. In fact, I want to go down that road for another minute because I think maybe this is even informative to a lot of our, our folks listening with us that, that journey here at Colonial. We've got a unique leadership structure and a unique dynamic here in that we've got elders. Right now, there are uh, five of us that are elders, including myself. I'm the only pastor and, and paid staff member who's an elder. We've got four elders that, that other, have other jobs. Then we've got our executive leadership team, which is three of our five pastors, which is myself, Ron, and Jordan. And then we have, for example, this podcast, which is three of our other pastors. You know, you guys, Brooke, as our Pastor of City and Global Engagement. Good job, you got it. Did I get it right the first time? Nailed it. Pastor of City and Global Engagement. (laughs) And then we have our worship pastor and you, Tanner. Uh, And then, of course, my role as lead pastor. And the three of us, in so many ways, have these future voices. We're kind of the dreamers on our team. We're we're the folks that kind of stay a lot big picture. Uh, We also have discovered in our friendship the last couple of years that we've just, we just love each other. We've got good chemistry. And so part of even doing the podcast and the joy for me of doing this with you guys is that it's natural. We represent literally three different generations on our team, which I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, and yet you guys defer so well, so humbly, so consistently to the elders to Ron and Jordan and myself, and I, I probably don't say it enough. I appreciate that about y'all. Um, so anyway, 
Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for saying that. We really are trying here at Colonial to value different voices and to have complimentary gifts in different corners of the room, so right. to speak. It's it's harder and messier, and the ceiling is way higher. That's mm-hmm. how I choose to to see it. Yeah, for sure. I think I, I view us as kind of the creative outlet for the um, for the decision that the ELT and elders, alongside the elders, where we're going as a church, rests squarely on the shoulders of ELT and elders and um, us as staff helping do that. And I think of this group right here um, on the podcast just being kind of a creative outlet for um, what God's teaching that specific group. Mm. So I love being being that voice for us yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. Well, thanks for challenging our 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 worship team yesterday. Uh, thanks for putting that in my brain. Um, again, let's let's try to navigate this well. Part of our conversation, even even on our podcast platform, is is even as leaders how we are trying to figure things out in the midst of a pandemic. Um, <coughs> Okay, uh, thanks for thanks for attempting to cover me while I try to hack up a lot. Trying to here. fill the space there while you. <laughs> I know I'm choking on myself. You've got to quit smoking, uh, man. Yeah, dude, you got to put it down, dude. Just give that uh, yeah. give that habit up. I am. Uh, I am. <laughs> <coughs> Just oh my gosh. kidding. Well, do people smoke still? Because like is that va- still a thing? vaping, obviously, is a huge thing. I rarely, unless I'm watching a, an old movie, I rarely see anybody smoke. Well, my anymore. kids have my kids have learned that uh, from school that that's bad. Uh, and, so, and so they they pointed out frequently. So yes, ooh, there's a smoker. Yes, they're, Dad, why are they doing that? Oh my gosh, yeah. So we have that conversation a lot. I, I it actually, throws me off. When man, I, they don't when have I boundaries. Good no, there's no there's no filter or anything. It's like my windows down and their windows down, and they're like, Dad, they're smoking. Yeah, like, I'm like, oh gosh, oh, uh, yeah. No, I am coming off of a sinus infection where I did not test positive for COVID, but I am hacking up a lung every yeah. once in a while. And <clears throat> so I appreciate the uh, the attempt to cover the space there. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we're in uh, the middle of a. We're almost done, I guess. I guess we have one more week, right? One more transformed. Week of, oh, we're talking about yeah. the series. I didn't know where you were going. We're in the middle of. We're almost done. Well, I, I figured it was. We kind of ended. Spring. So uh, excuse me. Winter is over. Winter is finally over. The which vernal is equinox I'm... happened on uh, on Saturday. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that Heading means. Heading into spring. Have we yeah. talked about the word of the day on the podcast? I don't know if we have or not. Is we that haven't, a, we haven't is really that a bunny done. trail we can go down for a second? We haven't really done the word of, word of the day for a while. Well, we we, we had a word of the day two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, the word of the day was bougie. Bougie. It was bougie. Bougie. Mm-hmm. And, and you used it well. I used it in my sermon appropriately, I thought. Although so, I was very I was Okay, very so hang on. So, so the word of the day is basically a word that we have pre-chosen... To be said secretly, at some point, secretly throughout the service, not throughout the service. That sounds repeatedly. No, no well, at, at least some once. random point in the service, somebody with a microphone has to use the word of the day in an appropriate <laughs> way. It can't. Right. It can't be distracting from worship, right, or from teaching. Um, although sometimes it's a little distracting <laughs> because people choose really weird words. I I hesitate to say this in public, but it's too late now. It's, it's too late. It's, we're in there. Sometimes our worship team has has chosen a word of the day. Sometimes uh, our staff, for fun behind the scenes, has chosen a word of the day. Uh, my group that I'm in, we we're in a we're in a small group here at church with four other couples. There's ten of us. And a couple weeks ago, we're meeting on a Wednesday night, and somebody used the word bougie in a sentence. I didn't even know what bougie was. Mm. And they defined it for me. And then uh, Brody West, who's also on our worship team, he's like, you you have to use, <laughs> you have to use that on Sunday. <laughs> and I used it. 
And afterwards, I got some well done. Well, well done, Pastor. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so the word of the day this past Sunday was vernal. Vernal. Vernal, which I didn't, I've vernal. never heard in my life. Yeah. And that, what is this? It's attributed to, to all things spring. Hmm. Like I looked it up, and I was fully prepared to mention the vernal equinox. So I have a vernal sinus infection. No, no, no. Like, um, what's a better use of the word? Well, it's 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 anything. Uh, uh, it, is, it is fully related to spring. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. A leap. But it's also like it's supposed to be like a positive. <laughs> like to yeah, to positive. say something is vernal, it has to be a positive thing. Like it's a huh. like it's life giving. Yeah, like, like like the the. The, like flowers the flowers are blooming, blooming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the vernal blooming of the, I don't know. The yeah. vernal flowers are And vernal me. equinox, I was totally cheating because that's just, it's a it's a less common way of saying the spring equinox, which is March uh, 20th. Okay, that's why I've never heard spring. Uh-huh. And so I was fully prepared to use that on stage and confuse everybody for about three seconds. <laughs> and I just forgot. <laughs> just didn't. Yeah, nobody so, used it. Well. That's okay. Uh, so to your, you can pass I don't know where. We used it today, though. We were going to talk about the series that we're in. And, oh, yeah, Transform. And the weekend that we had, you know, something serious, and you bunny trailed it. Yes. Is that what you call it, a bunny trail? Is that? He calls it bunny no, trail. No, it's not. Rather trail. Is it's, it a rabbit trail? It's a rabbit trail. Oh, I was yours way is, off there. Yours is the kid, I was way the off. kid version. Oh, wow, the little yeah. bunny foo-foo. Like well, whatever. we still, my kids are 11 and up, and we still say potty and bunny and <laughs> all the kid words. That's good. That's yeah. um, interesting. Speaking of digressing, transformed. Abby is loving this. I right have now. enjoyed the series uh, from a preparation standpoint. I've really um, my favorite teaching is when I'm learning. Like, mm. don't don't you love being in a class where uh, the teacher just seems to be the most passionate person in the room about what they're teaching? Like, my wife teaches math. And I am 100% confident she's one of the better math teachers at Ryder High School because she's a total math geek. Like, she gets mm. out of bed in the morning excited about Loves math. Loves it. And so her students feed off of that. I, I have taught things before as a pastor that, you know, this is truth, and I feel like it's what I'm supposed to say, but it's something I already knew, or it's something that I've taught before, or... But even just the last uh, three weeks, I have really enjoyed the challenge to myself that God is not done with me. Um, I'm 51 and a pastor and went to seminary and has had these transformative milestone moments in my life. And yet it's got me, it's got me excited about man over the next 10 years, what, what's God going to teach me and how's he going to transform my mind? And, and specifically I am convicted. I need to read more scripture in volume chunks, I need to go back. I'm convicted. I I I, uh, I need to go back and actually start memorizing scripture again. I did that as a kid before it was really meaningful to me. I did that as a young Christian in my 20s uh, because I had a mentor that that kind of made me do it. When I was on Young Life staff, I had a mentor that made me do it. And really, I haven't memorized scripture like a student probably in 20 years. Mm. Um. Now the good news is I have a lot logged up in my brain because I spent that time memorizing before. But there is something very important. I am convicted here in March of 2021 about me putting truth in my head and it changing the way I respond to certain situations, changing the way I interpret the news, changing the way I react to unfortunate events around me or people. Um, I need to put more scripture in my brain, and I'm convinced that 
we have a largely biblically illiterate church in our country. I really mm. am. I think we have become much more about the feels and much more about community, uh, much more about personal journey, and a whole lot less about um, meditating on Scripture. And I think we associate that with old-fashioned church or with legalistic church mm-hmm. or, with, or with performance-based salvation, you know, doing all the religious, checking the boxes. And yet I'm just, I'm really convicted. I know that's a, another little, uh, what we call it, a gopher trail. Um, what? I, I'm distracted. It's a mouse trail. I just, I, I, uh, man, you just, um, you hit something too. Like I just, aren't we, we, don't we just become what we consume? Like, like I'm thinking about like, if we're not like to say, if we're not counteracting, you know, what is being input, the things we're reading, the things we're consuming information we're getting, if we're not countering that with truth, Man, don't we just become like skeptical and just incapable of receiving truth? And it it that bothers me. <laughs> you well, know, even simple math. Carrie and I talk about this. My wife, uh, because we are we are um, like most of our friends. We are Netflix show bingers. Sure. Um, when when did shows start coming out in ginormous chunks? Like um, they come out in, like all thirteen episodes are released. Friday, you well, know. Now they're now they're switching back. Now they're switching they are back switching to, back. It's like, but you can still. Na- but see, you know what? It's happened to me. Wait. Now I, I was about to say that. Now <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, give me about three more months, and then I'm going to watch yeah. all that. My show. wife and I had the same conversation last yeah. night. Yeah. I was like, eh, we'll just wait till it all but comes out. That's who we've become. Sure. Uh, and I'll, I'll not point fingers. I'll say, <laughs> Carrie and I have talked about how. Do the math. How many hours yeah. have we spent watching? a five season television show and how many hours have we spent sitting in a quiet space reading the scripture and, and praying. I do not want to do that math. No, it's, it's, (laughs) and, and and Carrie and I, I think are doing it well, relatively speaking. Right. And I don't think it's what the Lord wants. Mm. I think he wants more. And I am convicted that, Oh my goodness. I'm going to say this out loud. My daughter is leaving the house this fall to go off to college, my oldest, and she's going to look back, and she's going to have a lot of memories of me preaching and a lot of memories of us going to church and a lot of memories of Dad watching TV. Mm. Wow. Um, And I don't think she's going to have a lot of memories. Like, I've heard other people tell stories of, yeah, I'd wake up, and Dad's over in the recliner with the lamp in his Bible. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it'd be Saturday afternoon. I'd come in from being with my friends and my, my mom's sitting on the couch with their Bible. Um, no, I'm watching another game. <laughs> you know, we're, we're watching another sitcom. And yeah. that alone, that's my own personal conviction. Everybody's got to apply it the, themselves. But Dude, but that hits big, man. That hits really big. We've got to be immersed in Scripture. Otherwise, we are just consuming. That's the word. We're consuming the news we're consuming social media we're consuming what our friends think and it may not be truth right well, how do you consume how do you how, frankly how do you consume god's perspective well you can't you can't do it you know omitting scripture you just can't i, I had a couple quotes in front of me as i was thinking about our conversation today and uh, blaise pascal who's a mm-hmm. famous mathematician among other things but also a theologian he said back in the day, he said, all the troubles of life come upon us 
because we refuse to sit quietly for a while each day in our rooms. Boom. Hmm. And I think that just, that was centuries ago. It applies to loud, busy 2021. Well, I think it also talks about, you, you said this this weekend, uh, that we can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we frame it. Mm. To me, that's hitting exactly on that. Like, it's talking about, I mean, sitting quietly in my room is not going to make COVID not happen, but it can help me. It can help me reframe that yes. into a better way of understanding it, a better way of accepting it, or mm. a better way of handling mm. it. Uh, you know, if I am, if I'm not just sitting in my room zoning out, but I'm actually sure. actively using that time. Well, and I think. It, so go ahead. No, go ahead I, I think it speaks to our exhaustion culture too. Like yeah. we don't know how to rest well. Yeah. And therefore, in the moment like I'm, I literally am hearing you go sitting in my room you know, kind of zoning out. I'm like, if I'm sitting in my room for any period of time <laughs> by myself, it's nap time. Nap time. You know what I'm saying? So I think it speaks even to our exhaustion culture, like what we expect. Mm. We are working for the weekend, not the other way around. You know what I mean? We don't know how to work well and rest well. We think, you know, convicted again, we, you know, I just went on a trip to St. Louis and I came back exhausted. You know, right. it wasn't restful. Uh, and we just don't know how to balance that well. We wake up in the morning, and our first thought is all the things we have to do today, and we rush through the evening time with our kids and our family, bath time, all these different things. I'm in that season where I've got all kids under under five, so bath time is a big deal in our house. But we find ourselves as parents rushing through that to get the kids in bed so that we've got a few minutes to ourselves or go to bed early Mm -hmm. because tomorrow's (laughs) going to be hectic. Yeah. So it just it speaks to our exhaustion culture. It speaks to our intentionality. The ways they don't call them spiritual disciplines for no reason. Yeah. Like it's it's a choice. It's it, a discipline. It's working out. Yeah. So okay. So this weekend you you said we were going to be very practical, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we spent some time doing that, talking about practical ways to do that. Two weekends ago, um, you talked about Second uh, Corinthians 5, uh, ten five that we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God when we capture the rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. So, in this scenario where we're talking about, you know, we're watching too much TV or we don't know how to rest, mm-hmm. how do we take those things practically? How do we take those things uh, captive? If you if you go if you go there and and uh, and destroy that. So, how do we do that? In our in the in the society that we live in, I think one of the most tangible, practical things we can do, and for a lot of us, it's a new discipline or it's kicking it up ten notches, is is immersing ourselves in Scripture. I know I have I know I've already said that, but I, it that's like step number one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's um, we. I, I think even part of what I've tried to communicate the last couple of weeks might at its worst sound like, especially reframing this idea of, mm-hmm. of, of controlling how we frame what's happening to us. It sounds like positive mental attitude junk, you yeah. know, at worst. It's like, well, let's just, let's just have a positive outlook. No, I'm going to have a good day. Yes. I'm going to have a good day tomorrow, Dad Gummit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Doggone it, people like me. But that, that is all it is if we're not taking the truth of Scripture and using that mm. to reframe everything. Mm. If we're just trying to think on the bright side, that's that's bull. That's just not going to work. Right. But if we are actually replacing lies with truth, if we're actually immersing ourselves in the truth of scripture and and 
and to the place where we believe it, it changes the lenses we're wearing and the way we're seeing the world. Uh, and so I want to be real specific. Uh, I love that Pastor Jordan provided some resources to all of our group leaders here at Colonial, and we want to provide those to all of our listeners as well. We've got uh, several PDFs, just some different documents that Pastor Jordan, our spiritual formation pastor, has put together that I think is going to meet some of you right where you are. Mm. We've got different Bible reading plans. Like you do, like, I don't even know where to start, or I don't know. Yeah. I just need a little structure to keep me going. Yeah. Um, there are at least half a dozen Bible reading plans we've got here, including how to read through the entire Bible in a year or how to do it uh, daily or weekly, those kind of things. We've also got uh, a couple of PDFs that talk about just how have a, how to have a quiet time, how to spend a little time alone and be deliberate. Uh, and for some of you that have journeyed with the Lord a long time, maybe you don't need these kind of tools, but maybe you use it as a, a renewed opportunity um, or a new opportunity to to put some structure back into it. Right. You know, that's that's what I need. I don't need more facts. I don't need more information. Sure. I need deliberateness and structure. You need the coach. I need the coach. Just yeah. like I can go to the gym and work out. Yeah. I need a workout you need partner. A personal trainer. I need a trainer saying, <laughs> yeah. no, you're not working hard enough or you need to do it this way. Right. We need that as as well as meditating on scripture. So yeah. that's the first tangible practical thing yeah. I would say is steps one, two, three, and four. Immerse ourselves in scripture. I, I would say a way to uh this is a very short, small way, um, but it's something that I'm trying to instill in my life intentionally because it intentionally forces me to slow down. Um, something as simple as driving the slow lane. Something as simple as, I know, something as simple as... Do people do that? Uh, no. Lori does. Lori does. <laughs> Lori, Lori, Lori Thomas. I have to turn, Thomas, have to turn up here in 30 minutes. I can't. turn in 30 minutes. I can't get over talk there. Talk about rabbit trails. I can <laughs> talk about Lori's driving Sorry, for five I, minutes. <laughs> God bless you. I got, I got left hand. You know what? I'll tell you what. Go take a ride with Lori. She will teach you how to slow yeah, down will teach. Just driving. to be crystal clear, this is not a sexist comment. Okay? No, I know some not. really good female drivers. Lori Thomas... It's not, not that not she's one. not it a bad driver. Do, no, it has nothing to do with being a bad driver or anything it's, like that. She's just not, she just knows I'm, I'm going to have to turn up I'm here. I'm not going over. So, <laughs> so she'll drive slowly. So back to you, driving yeah. the slow lane. So driving the slow lane. How does that change your life, Tanner? It, it forces me, it, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really want to know. I'm not uh, yeah, even. <laughs> no, to drive, it's like, uh, it's it's kind of a two twofold thing. Choose to drive in the slow lane. Uh, choose to, when you're approaching the grocery store counter and there's a couple of lines there, take the take the one that's got two or three more people than this one over here and force yourselves to just take a moment to to breathe. We just hurry through activities. We hurry through so many things. And some of some of my best time with the Lord have been in these slow moments where I I ha- I can't. I can't move on to the next thing. I have to finish this thing. And I think a lot of our intentional time with God comes we don't we um I've heard this uh I just don't hear God. I just don't hear him speaking to me. I don't hear him <coughs> moving moving me in a direction. And I with the people that I've had really good invitation with, people that I've uh, invited into my life and into my life rhythms, um things like that, I've been able to sit down and and chart out what an average week looks like for them. And I'm like, where in there have you left margin to hear from the Lord? You know, like he's speaking to you, but he's not going to chase, you know, he's not going to like, I don't know. He's not going to be another loud voice. That's, 
there's it's a still small voice, you know, my, like he's not interested in screaming louder than the things that you have on your agenda. Mm. Um, he, he, but he will speak, you know? And so one very practical thing that we can do, um, and it, it has in a, in a much more profound way than I ever thought it would is take the slow lane. And it really, it's, it's not about specifically take the slow lane or take the longer, it's the you know, idea. The it's idea just the of idea it. of choose choose to slow down. Choose choose the you know non microwavable version of <laughs> <laughs> of whatever of, of whatever. Yeah. Mm. So, well, you also talked about strongholds, and that we needed to um, that, that that you said that they were uh, their prisons um, made of lies that we've believed. And so to be practical, how do we identify those strongholds in our life? Obviously a a quick and easy answer is to be immersed in scripture. Um, but part of, part of what I was thinking is you're saying, I need to read more scripture. I was thinking, well, okay, I, I read through the Bible last year and a lot of what I needed is to read, read things that help me understand it better. Because taking it at face value, I think I still miss a lot of the strongholds that may be in my life. Yes. Because I don't know the context. Yes. I don't always know, you know, and some of the things I do because, you know, I've I've been a pastor and been in church for a long time. And so a lot of those things I've already I've 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 gained. But part of it's still like, well, how do I how do I find out that there's a stronghold that maybe I'm not seeing? Yeah. And if if I'm not self aware to know, self aware enough to know that this is a strong a stronghold in my life. How do we find those things? Great questions. A couple thoughts come to mind. Uh, again, feel feel so simple, and yet I think I think they're right on. One is I'm convicted even lately that we need to, as pastors, we need to teach our people better how to study the scripture. I was talking to uh, RJ, uh, which some of y'all have have met or heard firsthand on our podcast before. He's he's a mentor that I talk to every Friday morning, and we talked about this last week. Uh, I think that I, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a communicator, have neglected being as intentional as I need to be to help our people understand, how do I pick up a Bible and understand this was written to a different people group 2,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago. It was written in a different language. There's, mm-hmm. there's historical context. There's language translation issues. There's, there's just what's the main message you know, to that target audience that I can then turn it around and apply to 2021 Texas. And I think that we need to be more intentional and not just leave it to the trained professionals. Mm-hmm. I went to seminary and I took some classes on Greek and Hebrew, and I'm still not a Greek scholar right. or a Hebrew scholar, but at least I know what resources I can get to. Now that we have the interwebs, oh my goodness, yeah. like how, what a gift that all of our people can just take some steps and grow. So one is... Wake up call. I think he, even here at Colonial specifically, we need to be deliberate in teaching our people how do you study scripture? How do you how do you lean into the right resources that can really help you instead of leaving you just to listen to somebody else like me talk about it? Secondly, it seems so often to come back to this, we got to do it in community. If if I am rubbing shoulders with a half a dozen other people or more. Like, like actually in their business and they're in my business and we're hanging out in each other's living rooms and we're, we're, we're having shared experiences together, fun experiences, serving experiences, food together. 
praying together, sharing what's going on in our lives. Call it a church group, call it a church small group. Don't call it. I don't care what it is. If we're doing that, there will be, every time, there will be results that include someone pointing out to me, hey, that that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm. Like, God wants better for you in that area of your life. Or, or just that osmosis of I get to watch somebody's generosity, for example, and just be convicted by the Lord. Oh, man, I want to be more like Bob. Like, yeah. look, how, look how generous. He doesn't even care about his, his own needs. He's just trying to meet other. Or, or the, the way people use their time or the way people are compassionate toward folks that are different than them or the way that they even are committed to, to parenting in different ways. If we're in each other's business and not just going to church on a Sunday for an hour, if we're in these, these shared experiences with each other, that's partly how we identify those strongholds and how we learn even together from the scripture. Um, I love that Pastor Jordan keeps it so simple for our groups here at Colonial. Hey, we're, we're here for four things. Four things we're all supposed to be doing together. We're praying together. We're studying the scripture together. We're serving together. And we're enjoying the heck out of each other. We're fellowshipping. That's, that's the fun, fancy church fellowshipping, word. We're that's fellowshipping. That's my favorite word. We're, we're, we're having fun together. And so... If we're doing those things with other people, those strongholds you're talking about will be identified. You can't do life with someone for a good chunk of time and not have those things exposed or brought to our attention. Uh, that's why we push groups so often here at Colonial. Well, I want that for people. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think too, to kind of just uh, add on a little bit to what you were saying is, um, you know, Scripture is... Uh, a way to learn and discern the character of God. And so when you, the specific question about how do we identify these lies, maybe that the enemy is throwing at us or that we've come to believe about ourselves, you have to, you have to know, you have to know who God says you are before you can call out what the enemy is calling you. And you've got to be able to you got to be able to know the character of God, and so you juxtapose these lies with who God says you are, and 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 what you know of God, so that you can replace. You know, I'm a bad dad. With no, the Lord, the Lord says I am. I'm a good father, and and I'm going to make mistakes parenting my kids, but but um, I'm pursuing the Lord, and He's going to give me what I need to be a good father. You know, uh, or I'm inadequate. I'm not enough. No, no, no. The Lord says you're enough, and He's given you a unique voice and a gifting, and He's given it to you for a reason. Um, you know, those kinds of things. So. so it gets back to changing the way we're thinking. Yeah. Especially like how you're saying. In, in, you gave us some examples this weekend about the, the ways that we, you know, I'm, I might think that weight is always going to be an issue. It's it's just always an issue in my family. Therefore, you know, but how we needed to change that in our minds. You know, you said. Um, Lauren, you said that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, mm. and um, so I think that's what you're what you're saying is we have to change where we're where you know if I if my strongest thoughts are telling me that I'm never going to be in shape, then yeah, I'm probably never, I'm never going to get in shape because I'm not going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden I'm on a diet, mm-hmm. um, you know. So I have to change the way that I think, and if I change the way that I think, that in t- it, it changes the way that I act, and um, I think that's good. Mm. They, it, it reminded me. As you said that, I immediately thought of, um, I don't know if you guys heard this news story, the sportscaster in Oklahoma um, 
there was a there was a basketball game. It was a women's basketball game, and the sportscaster thought he was off mic, and he said some really racist things. And it's not about that or what the situation is, but that his excuse was, well, I I I have diabetes, and so sometimes when I'm, my blood sugar is low, I just say things that I don't mean. And all I could think of as you said that was, yeah, but that's, but it's, what, what is it, what is it that, that, uh, that Luke says, uh, or that Jesus said in Luke, um, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Yes. So we speak from our heart. So it's even when those, those, we like to, we like to make excuses for the things that we say. Right. It's like, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't mean that. It's like, well, it's in there but it's somewhere. coming from it's in somewhere. There somewhere. There's yeah. something in you that does believe that. Right. So whatever the situation is, whether that's I can't get I can't get in shape, or I have racist thoughts, or I can't read my Bible, or I'm not worthy, you know, any of the list of the things that you said this weekend. That if we can change that, that we have to change that that thought in our head, or we can't change our actions around it as well. Yeah, because we're moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think one of the most powerful things people can do coming from and this sounds really cliche and I'm I'm sorry, but like I think I think it's true. Like one of the most powerful things people can do in light of one of the things that we talked about this weekend is, you know, write out this, you know, our lives are what you, how'd you say it? Our lives are going in the direction of our most powerful thoughts. Um write that out. Put that as a reminder of mm-hmm. like you have you're not you're not gonna drift into into transformation yeah. in the way you think. You're not going to. It's going to be a decision and a discipline that's created that helps you develop that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, to, we have to, as Christ followers, be willing to come up against the challenge, become against the change and transformation, because God, while He's okay where we are, he's, He doesn't want to leave us there. It's about growth into Christ's likeness. It's a lifelong pursuit for us. Um, the vocation of the Christian is to discern the heart and the will of God, mm-hmm. and uh, it starts with this decision, this intentionality. Mm-hmm. Even a practical thing you just made me think of is—it sounds so goofy to me because I don't—I don't tend to do these goofy little things, but it still sounds helpful to just put some index cards, some post-it notes, some some truth that. I need to hear over and over and over again. I, I, I confessed this past you know Sunday that uh, this is not my church. This is God's church, and, and he is the one that's going to move it forward. I need, I'm just convicted in the moment. I need to put that on my bathroom mirror. I need mm-hmm. to put that on the dash of my car. I need to put that on my computer ter- you know, uh, monitor yep. uh, in my office so that I'm getting that message yeah. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Otherwise... I'm getting all the other messages, you know? Right. And so it, sometimes it sounds goofy. It sounds like, you know, it may not be everybody's thing, and yet it still works. It's still helpful. Right. And I, I love, uh, I heard, you know, reading through Scripture, and I had a pastor friend tell me, like, the Lord doesn't say you need to grow His church. He says, go and make disciples, and He will grow His church. Mm. And I'm like, so that... I love, I love the gift of that for leaders uh, in, in what we're doing, and is that all we have to do is be intentional, be faithful, and practice those spiritual disciplines and, and grow into Christ likeness. But the pressure to grow the church, the pressure to do all the things, is not really there. He's going to grow His church. We just need to be faithful to what He's calling us to. But what He's calling us to is to do work. Yeah, it's not to, just it's sit to by. Do, it's not to just sure. sit back. 
whether that's actually to change the way we're thinking yeah. or to actually act on those things that it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm being told this, now I have to actually do these things, but there is work involved. Yeah, in the, observation, the observation aspect of changing the way you think has got to change into action. Application. And application, yeah. yeah. All right, Lauren, we got to wrap this sucker up. Next week, we have Jordan bringing us a message this uh, coming up. Ooh, yeah. Set yeah. us up for Looking that. forward to hearing from Jordan. Yeah, I haven't heard from Pastor Jordan in a little while. I'm excited he's going to wrap up our Transformed mm-hmm. teaching series. And we're also going to experience communion together as a church, which especially this past year in our pandemic, we have only done two or three times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about one of our other pastors leading us. Ron Downing's going to lead us in that time together. It's cool. Uh, and I am looking forward to the next week after that, where Easter. Easter's coming up. We're shifting to two services here at Colonial. Uh, no idea uh, how many people are are going to be flooding into our doors on Easter Sunday or in the Sundays beyond that, but we're making a big big leap and an excited move to back to two services uh, I think it's a win-win because if we still have relatively small crowds, there's just more room for us to spread out yeah. and be cautious. And if there are indeed, which I believe this is the case, if there are indeed more and more folks that are, are more comfortable getting vaccinated and getting getting back out into the world, um, we're not going to be packing them in like sardines. We'll still have room to have a ton of people here at our church. I'll remind everybody, our auditorium seats 540, 545. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so with two services, we got room for a ton of people. Yeah. Uh, it's really more about our kids' ministry space and our leaders over there, so still would love to have some help there. Um, but, man, that's the, what the next couple of weeks look like. I'll also share personally, pray for me. Um, I'm getting away uh, for several days next week on, on what I'll just call a writing retreat. Uh, I typically carve out my Wednesdays to do some writing, to do my sermon writing specifically each week. And I never finish. <laughs> I'm always up late. Uh, I'm always behind. And it's because for me, that creative element of teaching, that writing, just requires a ton of time and big chunks of time. So I am excited about next week where I'm going to have several days by myself uh, where I'm, I'm getting away from my family. I'm getting away from work. I'm getting away from the busyness of day-to-day life. And I'm going to spend some time writing uh, on our next couple of teaching series beyond Easter. So please please be praying for me. I'd appreciate yeah. that. So you're saying each Sunday you don't just get up there and wing it, just a idea, i got a bullet point in my head, and you know what? see what happens over you the next what? 30 minutes. Uh, I think there are some people out there that can pull that off. I not only can't do that well, but I don't really have any original thoughts. So <laughs> that makes it even harder. Um and I'm okay with that. The older I get, the older I get, the more I'm okay with teaching what I'm learning. Uh, as Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. I just want to, I want to study the same scripture and I want to listen to some of my influential teaching voices and, uh, and pass on to our folks what, what I'm learning. And, uh, so yeah, no, I don't, I don't get up. That's cool. All right. We'll pause the conversation for today. As, uh, as Lauren says, you should tune in next week because we're going to have some great stuff. It's going to be awesome. Um, as we wrap up today, don't forget two services on Easter, 9.15 and 11 a.m. Pick one of those. Come and, come and hang out with us, and uh, we'll have a great, great Easter Sunday. 
You can always send us your questions, podcastcolonialchurch.com. You can download our app. You can leave us a review. You can subscribe to the podcast, all those fun things, because we want to make this a community event and not just the three of us sitting around having conversations. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week.